Hello and welcome to another episode of Catholic Ad Lib. I'm John Libertor. Uh, welcome to our studio. Um, really, really happy, uh, excited that we have another phenomenal guest. We only have phenomenal people here, by the way. <laughs> I, I hope everybody sees the trend. Um, we have with us Claire Sherman. So, Claire, official welcome. Thank you. So the, glad uh, to be here. To the studio. Yeah, great, yeah. great to have you here. Um, What's going through my mind for our viewers is I'm sure we all experience where, you know, you hear something and then you say to yourself or you might say out loud, you know, I never knew that. I never knew that. It's like you come across some news or information and uh, like, why didn't I know that before? So one of the reasons Claire is here, really the main reason, I guess, besides being a great person, is Claire is going to share with us what she is doing in an organization that I believe people need to know about. So we'll get to that. But first, we're going to cover, you know, who Claire is and a little bit of background. And then we'll talk about maybe how we met. Yeah. So why don't you give us a little snapshot of your background? Yeah, absolutely. So I, uh, oh, how far back do you want me to go? Uh, high school. High school. Okay, great. <laughs> um, perfect. So that's when we met. Uh, wow. Yeah, I know, right? Where'd so, you go to high school? I was homeschooled. Oh, okay. I was homeschooled um, for the majority of high school. Okay. I bounced around. I tried to go to public school for like literally two months. And I actually just told this story yesterday. I went for two months and I hated it. So <laughs> my, I like Was that like, like a junior year or senior year or when? Freshman year. Freshman year. Freshman okay. year, yeah. Um, I tried it out and I had been homeschooled like, you know, throughout grade school, and then I went to a classical, traditional Catholic school for 7th and 8th grade. Oh, did you? Okay. So, um, public school was just, like, a shock for me. You know, I was, like, I was very socially anxious and awkward and still Mm. a little bit am, but, you know. Uh, But basically, I did not like it, and I begged my parents to let me homeschool for the rest of high school, and they were very gracious, and they did. Awesome. So... I was homeschooling in high school, um, but I was also bouncing around to other, like, co-ops, you know, homeschool groups, Mm -hmm. Um, and then I started to get involved in tech, Teens Encounter Christ, which is where we met. Um, And you were in high school at the time when we met? Yeah. Gosh. Yep. So I made this retreat uh, my junior year of high school, and... It was the first one that I was volunteering for that you came on. Yes. And so I was a volunteer there, and you were coming on for the first time. So how many years or months prior did you make your first tech retreat? I think it was about, I think it was a little less than a year Okay. after I, I made my first retreat okay. and then I was volunteering. Okay. And you were on. And I, I have, like, a vivid memory of us having a conversation in the little, like, courtyard roundabout thing in the front of the St. Leonard's. Right. Um, So, yeah, we met there and... um, And then then, uh, college? Yeah. I ended up going to Walsh University. Yes. um, Which, you know, you have at least one child who's gone there. Daniel went there and and Margaret. Margaret graduated. Daniel went for two years. That's right. So, very familiar with Walsh. Yep. So, I... Um, studied sociology um, and minored in psychology, really not knowing what I wanted to sure. do. <laughs> um, I just knew I liked people, and I knew I liked working with people. Um, 
I liked understanding people, understanding how people worked, how their minds worked, and mm. um, just like why they do the things that they do. <laughs> and I was like, let I know, know. Let me know if you have that all figured out, would you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still getting there. <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, I graduated with it, like not knowing at all what I wanted to do. Um, I ended up actually going into grad school for school counseling. Oh, okay. Um, at, at Walsh? No, at okay. uh, Cleveland State. Mm -hmm. Sorry. So I came home after college, went to grad school for a semester, and that's when I had a huge call on my heart to join mission, to do to do a, to to be a missionary, and you didn't know where, or do you did or did you become aware of something? How did that work? Yeah, so I um, I guess like circling back a little bit to my college years, I had really fallen away from the faith um, during you know, freshman to junior, senior year. Um, at one point, you know, really fell away, and then other points just, like, super lukewarm in my faith and um, just really had to find it for myself and, and really understand who God was um, outside of just, like, the, the practice of religion, you mm -hmm. know. And it was actually at another tech retreat that I really had this, like, deep conversion of heart of just seeing my life, like I'm living my life going in just the opposite direction of where my goals are. Mm -hmm. You know, like I want, you know, a holy family. I want a holy marriage. I want, you know, like all these beautiful things in my things future. Things that you aspired to, that you believed right. in, but you weren't practicing that. You weren't on that path. Right, yeah. None of my actions were reflecting, like, right anything that I was trying to work towards. Yeah. So that was the point um, where I really turned it around. And I was like, I'm taking this seriously. And um, yeah, I started to get really serious about my faith. And it was around that time, this is all during my senior year, that I actually just found Theology of the Body. Um, and I feel like every Catholic person says this at the age of 23. They're like, where has this been all my life? <laughs> and uh, that was me. I, I was like, where has this been all my life? Like, this is like the greatest secret in the Catholic faith, aside from the Eucharist. Like, yeah, it is a great secret. This right. is amazing. So that just like sparked a lot of wonder and just planted a lot of seeds in my heart. Mm -hmm. Um. And then I would say one of my best friends got married that, you know, a few months later. Um, and this was the first, like, really holy marriage that I was witnessing. Um, and it, it was these, just so These different. people were committed to their faith? Yeah. 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 Uh, very devout Catholics. This is someone who has just stood by my side throughout my life. And um, it was just a really beautiful witness to mm -hmm. the Catholic faith and to mm -hmm. vocations and mm -hmm. um yeah really got to mm. just see the reality of like the timing oh, of that this is marriage. the timing of that seemed pretty good yeah. so you 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 kind of, you come back realizing i have to take a lot of this more seriously if not all of it and then you see that mm -hmm. as an as a vivid tangible example of vocation yep. right yep yeah, yeah it awesome. literally all was like so I mean, the Lord's timing is perfect. It was all very. And much were you were you out of college line. at this point? Yeah, I had just graduated a month okay. prior. Okay. Um. 
and, so, wonder, and wondering what to do? Yeah, well, at that point, I was enrolled in grad school, so this is now kind of back where we were. Okay. Um, but as I was, like, watching them in this wedding mass, that feeling of just uncertainty mm. about this decision I made to go into grad school just started to kind of rise up in me. And it wasn't until I had started grad school that I finally admitted to myself, um, I actually don't think I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> I don't know where I'm supposed to be, but I don't think it's supposed to be here. <laughs> but it ain't here. It's not here. Um, yeah, it just wasn't, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to witness to the faith as a school counselor, especially in like, you know, certain schools and just like do it the way that I, I felt called. So, um, I ended up dropping out and just fully like trust fall into Mm. the Lord's arms. Um, I, I knew that the Lord was calling me to mission because I would go to adoration and I kept hearing the word mission on my heart, like incessantly. I mean, just over and over again, mission, mission, mission. Um, and at the time culture project had came into my path a few times. So I was aware of it and I was willing to apply to it, but I was also looking into other ones such as Damascus or, Mm. you know, um, I, 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 I was just open. I just knew mission. Sure. So, I just remember this honest prayer telling the Lord, like, I'm going to drop out. You got to take care of this. <laughs> you better make sure something happens here because I gotta live. I'm not doing this for nothing, you know? <laughs> and oh my gosh, that I look back on that time in my life and that was like the best. That was one of the best times of my life. And that was actually the start of COVID too. And it was still one of the best so, times of my so life. So what I'm hearing is so... Tell me if I'm hearing this correctly. Scary time, best time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Risky time. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. It was That's crazy. Yeah. So how did you become aware of the culture project? Yeah. How did you first become aware? That year, while all this is happening in my life, they had just signed a contract to send missionaries to Cleveland, um, to my city. So I had heard about them and then I met them like once or twice. And then I was also seeking guidance from the priest that ended up being their chaplain. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just like kept coming into my path yeah. over and over and over again. Yeah. And um, people kept telling me like, you know, you should check them out. Like, I think you would really like them. And um, so that's, yeah, that's kind of how I met them. And Did you hear them do a presentation at all? Or was this more of a, you had like a one-on-one with, with somebody? Because I, I have heard them do a, yeah. like at, at, at church, do a presentation. So. Mm-hmm. Um, at first I just had a one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Um, I went out to lunch with one of the missionaries. I ended up going to their Christmas party uh, where I met a bunch of them. Um, and then it wasn't until after I had decided, okay, I'm applying to this. Mm-hmm. I'm really discerning this that I ended up going and watching them present. Okay. Um, so I did end up seeing one of their social media presentations. Right. Uh, but that wasn't until later on. So let me ask you, when you first had your one-on-one, like, okay, this is a real person that is with the Culture Project, what did they say? 
what did they say that they did or how did that conversation go? Yeah. Um, it's funny that you asked that because I, I, they didn't really like what drew me to them was that they actually didn't like recruit. They didn't recruit. They didn't advertise like they didn't. Awesome. Um, yeah, she wasn't going off. She was asking <laughs> more about me and she wanted to get to know me. And that's how all of them were. Were they weren't like, hey, this is the culture project, et cetera, et cetera. Like eventually they got to get into it, right? But um, that's the mission, though, is we're here to get to know you. So that conversation was really about like getting to know me as a person, allowing me to get to know her as a person. Um, and it all started there. And she let me just kind of ask questions that, um, yeah, she didn't go on this whole presentation wow. mode or route. It was just very organic, very human, wow, that's very natural. So I have a bit of a confession to make. I could not give an explanation for Culture Project. I mean, totally if, fine. if I did, it would be, it would be probably way wrong. But here's what I know for those of you listening. When somebody, like, puts their life on hold, when somebody says, you know what, I'm going to go out into the, into the vineyard because there's a, there's a higher calling here and people need help, that's, that's what I see in you and people like you. Like, I, I am amazed because you, you could have been in a cush corporate job. Maybe that's not for you. But, you know, you could have gone down the path that most people go, and yet you're giving your life here to, for the, to help others in, in, a, in an eventual, I think, spiritual realm. So let's get into the kind of the nuts and bolts totally. of, of what the Culture Project is. Yeah. So essentially our mission is really a mission of – we're on mission to – bring awareness of the dignity of the human person. Like the, our, our founder, Christina Barba, who started this mission, you know, she started thinking like, okay, we have an abortion problem. Okay. No, we have a sexuality problem because if only like people knew that, you know, the gift of saving sex until marriage, then, you know, we wouldn't have an abortion problem. And then, realizing like no it's not a sexuality problem it's an identity problem um and i love when she like kind of lays it out like that like let's get to the root of the problem give me her name again christina barba christina whalen now w-h-e-l-a-n w-h-a-l-e-n w-h-a-l-e-n in case anybody wants to look it up okay yeah yeah she's phenomenal but yeah she always uh Late, you know, goes back to the, the, the beginnings of Culture Project and kind of lays it out like that, like explaining, no, we actually have an identity problem. And what our, this mission is, is to get to the core, get to the root of the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we go in and we talk to students, we talk to anyone we encounter just about who they are, whose they are, what they were made for. Um, and that their life matters. Mm-hmm. And that's like the root of it, right? Okay. And that's the vision. So you you are, I think, 
approaching schools? Yes. Yeah. Grade so school, high school, to. college, what, what is it? All of that? Yeah. So <laughs> we go into high schools, middle schools, parishes, youth groups, um, grades as low as sixth grade, um, but mostly seventh through 12th grade. Okay. And then sometimes universities, but our main target is um, high schools and middle schools. Mm-hmm. And we give presentations. Um we talk about human dignity, again, the value of the human person, and then all the things that defy our dignity. Mm-hmm. So I kind of mentioned them before, abortion, human trafficking, pornography, um, and then other lighter-seeming issues, but they're not light. They always lead to bigger things, bullying, cyberbullying, gossiping. Um, you know, those things are still, like, defying the dignity sure. of the human person. Sure. So... So when you give a presentation, you are what I'm. What I'm sensing is, <clears throat> I don't. I don't want to say hitting these subjects head on, but you're not skirting them mm-hmm. because you believe that psychologically, that's where you have to get to these kids because most of them aren't feeling like they have worth, mm-hmm. and they're surrounded by. I would imagine a lot of kids are surrounded by or, or involved in a family of divorce, drinking, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. So you're, 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 you want to lift them up to say, regardless, correct me if I'm wrong, regardless of that stuff <clears throat> that so many people encounter, unfortunately, we are here to tell you, you have worth because. Yes. Right? Because you're cre- uh, uh, created by God yes. in the image and likeness. Yes. So when you do a presentation, is it that and only that? Is there follow-up? Is there what What else is going on? Yeah. No, that's, that's spot on. Um, I do want to hit on the fact that, like, our delivery is always from a place of mercy and compassion mm. and never from a place of accusation. condemnation, accusation. Awesome. Um, that's our approach. Right. And... So I just, I want to echo what you just said. Sure. Um, we push for, we really want to make time for like just open discussion, open Q&A with the students. In, in the in the larger group, whatever it is, if it's yep. 10 or 100 or whatever. Yep. And the way we would do it a lot of times, we would have them write down on a piece of paper um, anonymously mm. to send in their questions so that, you know, when you're in seventh and eighth grade like you're super insecure and to ask questions along these lines sure very bold right so we allow them to just ask their honest questions and, and you and you get that sometimes yeah. yeah a lot of times yeah a lot of times do. you get good questions and yeah they'll write in okay yeah sometimes yeah. they'll ask what your favorite color is but you know <laughs> sometimes yeah. you'll get a really good question <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so we have those, and then we also do lunch encounters, mm-hmm. which um, essentially, like, we just go in for lunch and recess. Mm-hmm. Um, for high schools, obviously just lunch. But for 7th and 8th grade, we'll go in for lunch and recess, and we'll just go and hang out. And oh. ideally, we would have spoken to them beforehand so that they know who we are and right. what we stand for right. and that they can talk to us and ask us more questions and whatnot. But sure. It's often just a really great way of connecting with students and seeing them where they're at. Right. And yeah, for right. how awesome they are. Okay. 
So some of the numbers, if you would, how many different dioceses is the Culture Project active? Yeah, we're in five dioceses right okay. now. And, we and actually, where is that? We are here in Cleveland, Ohio. We're in Toledo, Ohio, um, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and then Philadelphia, yeah. Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, we just added a new diocese, Archdiocese of Omaha, Nebraska. So that's super fun, super awesome. exciting. Awesome. How do you get in to a diocese? Is there someone at a high level that approaches the office of the bishop, et cetera? How does that work? Yeah, I um, I don't know the nitty-gritties behind it, but I know that we have contracts with the diocese, and that is a much higher-up yep. task. Sure. Um, the bishop will need to invite us in. So any diocese that we're in, we're invited by a bishop mm-hmm. and you know the bishop really advocates for us so you're not you're not just saying hello uh this is a certain school you you have clearance you right yeah good yeah good yeah and it, it's important to have the bishop's um advocacy mm-hmm. you know because you know he's running the diocese so sure, sure. we make sure that we're invited in by the bishop mm-hmm. and that um he has our support and every place that we're in he does. And I know that there are dioceses that are lined up to bring us in. We just want to make sure that we have wow. the resources to serve them best we wow. can. Well, mm-hmm. so when you said Omaha, I got to tell you that sparked because kind of right next door to Omaha, like an hour away, mm-hmm. if my geography is accurate, is Lincoln, Nebraska. Yep. That's a phenomenal diocese. Yes. That's a phenomenal diocese. So I'd be surprised if you don't get in there I before know. too long. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it'll be interesting to to see. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know what the thought process was behind Lincoln or yeah. Omaha. No, 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 I'm sure there's a reason. And yeah, yeah, maybe Lincoln is uh, long longer term. But uh, anyway, you go where you know where God wants you. So, mm-hmm. so how does how does the culture project work? How many how many people are full time? Yeah. First of all, we have about. I want to say 15 full-time staff, support mm-hmm. staff members. We call Of which you are one. Which I am one, yes. Yeah. So we call the people who aren't missionaries who work for Culture Project, more of the behind-the-scenes people, support staff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that consists of, you know, mission team managers, myself who's in human resources, um, recruitment, media departments, uh, development departments. Sure. CFOs, CEOs, you know, yeah, all yeah. that kind of sure. stuff. Sure. Well, you need all that. Right. Yep. So I think there's about, I would have to fact check myself on this, but I think there's about 15 more or less okay. support staff members. Which is, which is, in a way, good news because you're not top heavy. Right. Right. It's about getting out into the schools. Is it is it the 15 that are involved in, in doing the literal missionary work? Or are there volunteers or other people? Yeah, so those 15 that I just mentioned, they are not involved in doing the missionary work. Oh, okay. They're involved in supporting the missionary work. Okay. Um, We have, this year, we have 25 missionaries. So that would be a grand total of like 40 total. So so these are volunteers, ages between, what, 20 and 30? I would say yes. Um, I would say more so like 20 to 27-ish. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, they're volunteers. They fundraise their salary. So they are paid employees. They just, um, they fundraise what they earn. Right. Okay. And then like the future of, you know, the, the admin, do, do, does the culture project have a plan for getting in every diocese or is it, you know, look one day at a time and just react or respond to the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I would say, I mean, a little bit of both. Like, the dream is always to grow. Sure. For sure. Sure. But we don't want to grow before we're ready. So I would say we lean more on, like, the, you know, one day at a time within the back of our minds. Like, we would like to grow. Um, We have, over the past couple years, kind of gotten our in-house staff in order and mm-hmm. a foundation um, and all stuff yeah yeah and yeah. so i think we're kind of on this trajectory of um seeing growth being more possible in the near future okay for sure i have a whole bunch of other questions <laughs> no keep going uh before we go too much further tell us what the website is yep please uh so it's just the culture project uh and Culture or cultureprojectinternational.org. Okay. <laughs> Either one. But if you type in the culture, culture project, the dot culture org. project. Yes. Okay, I'm sure people can find that. Yes. On the website, are there any testimonials, that, anything that gives rise to how you're affecting these children, oh, these yeah. kids? Oh, yeah. yeah. So there should be a section uh, where all the missionaries have written blogs. Um, so they kind of write personal testimony to Mm -hmm. what they've learned or what they've experienced. Um, But we also have YouTube videos where some of our missionaries have spoken testimony of what they've experienced in the classroom. Okay. Um, So those might be linked to our website. If not, I know for sure that they're on YouTube. Yeah. So given that the, the problem that you're attacking is like cuts across every every sector of society, right? You are in, I think, you, you are aiming at Catholic institutions, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. What if a Lutheran church came to you and said, hey, we have the same challenges. Would you be interested? Would, how would the Culture Project respond to that? Oh, we would, uh, we would absolutely. Yeah take up on that opportunity. I would think so. Yeah. yeah. We're we're a five oh one C three nonprofit. Okay. So we're like intentionally not a Catholic sure. organization. Sure. I mean we are Catholic yep. by nature, but like right. titled wise. Yep. We wanna stay a nonprofit to give us those opportunities to go wherever the Lord wants us to. Right. Um and we don't want to limit ourselves. Yep. to only places within the Catholic Church. Yeah. So, um, Great. Yeah. And I'm not saying you do that tomorrow, but you, you never know who is going to catch wind of what you're doing. Right. Um, and I wanted to throw this out. You probably know this given what the focus is, but I came across some statistics of a couple years ago. Um, there was an article written by a, a guy up in Detroit, and the article was entitled something like, why is living shorter and something else in vogue? Mm. Like, why is that so popular now? Which is, which is, you would think counterintuitive, but we're killing ourselves. Mm. So 
he went on to cite statistics, and it's really sad, of, of age groups like, you know, 18 to 35 and alcoholism and, and drugs and suicide. So in general, our, um, our population is declining yeah. because of and the big three are suicide, alcoholism, and drugs. And I think, and I, I'm remembering that because you are attempting to get to the root of those issues that that I think kids, people, turn to yeah. because they don't have self worth. They don't have. They don't understand why God would put them on this earth. The world being as messed up as it is, but yeah. in fact, God has a plan for each and every one of them, right? Yeah. So, how do you convey that to these kids, though? How do you? Now, you're not going to do it in a 10-minute presentation, I know, but right. how do you begin to psychologize? And you have a psychology degree, which is awesome. How do you begin to, like, chip away and, and to maybe open up their minds and hearts to, to that kind of thing? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, this is actually one of my favorite topics to talk about. Uh, I, I've actually written a couple of blogs on this um, that are on the website, but it's making me think of desire. Like, the word that keeps coming to mind is desire. So, um, I, I I mean, I guess I love to, like, kind of relate to them the question of what you want, you know? And these things that we're grasping at, whether it be alcohol, pornography, drugs, um, you know, you name it, video games, cell phones, social media, these are all momentary pleasures, um, and I think we're so quick in our Christian circles to just slap people on the wrist and deem it as bad. Um, and not to say that I'm like condoning any of these mortal sure. behaviors, but, um, we're so quick to deem it as bad, like no bad. You got to be doing good. But I like to say pause and look at your, like, Look at your desires. You know, let's get to the root of, like, what, what's, what's drawing you to this thing? What's drawing you to the drugs? What's drawing you to the alcohol? What's drawing you to your video games? Like, what's actually there that's, like, driving you to that place? Mm-hmm. Um, and really, like, the answer always comes down to it's always God. Like, they're thirsting for something eternal. They're thirsting for something heavenly. They're thirsting for pleasure. And, you know, we were made for happiness and joy and greatness. And these these moment, momentary artificial things in our lives, they give us that for about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes sense mm-hmm. why people grasp at those things. Sure. You know, and so I think what I love to do is I love to while people love to shame themselves for turning to these things, I love to just quickly be like, no, like you need to understand like why you're going there and why you're doing these things. Mm-hmm. Like that's the beginning for them then right? Yeah. to understand why they're being drawn to these things, yeah. why these things are appealing. Yeah. Like yeah. ask yourself why, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's no need to self inflict. So they, shame. so they know it's, so they know it's not a good thing. They know it's not a good thing to spend eight hours on a cell phone and in that eight in those eight hours they're looking at stuff that is not helping them as a matter of fact it's hurting them right right 
So, right. okay. Yeah, exactly. So I think honestly, the shame drives us into addiction mm-hmm. is the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, la- lack of self-worth. Yeah. Like, well, I'm not, I'm not good for anything. I don't even know why I'm here kind yep. of thing. Right. Yep. Okay. And we think like the more we do that to ourselves, maybe that will take me away from these bad behaviors. Mm-hmm. Right. But really it's actually driving you further deep down into eventually like an addiction. Right. Um, so that kind of goes hand in hand with our approach. Uh, we understand like the shame gets us nowhere. Mm -hmm. It actually gets us further into the problem. Uh, I'm sure that's where the devil wants us to go that direction. Yes. Like this thing that you're into defines who you are. Mm -hmm. That's what the, that's what Satan is saying. Right. And God is saying, no, this thing that you're doing doesn't define you. I define you. Yeah. So. By your name. Yep. 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 Yeah. So that's kind of where I like to go with them to kind of get, you know, they want to go in this direction of shame and guilt. And I want to go in this direction of like, let's like put that aside for a minute and validate what's going on in your life and in your heart here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So um, we're going to wind down. If people want to learn more, there's the website, The Culture Project. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would, I would hope that, you know, if somebody wanted to uh, give up a beer and send that money your way, because sometimes beer can be $10, yep. <laughs> uh, they can do that through the website. Yep. Is that correct? That's right. Okay, and that would be a big help, right? Huge help. Finally, anybody that's listening to you here, um, if they, if they, it may, it may be their grandchild, it may be their son or daughter, niece or nephew, but if this is hitting home to them, and if they wanted to reach out to to the Culture Project, is there anybody in particular, or should they just go to the website and there's a contact us kind of thing, and, yeah. and they can go there? Yeah, okay. I would say first and foremost, go to the website, um, and then there's, you know, a big fat button that says schedule us and it'll take you straight to our scheduling department and um yeah go from there but i think the email that you could also go to is scheduling at the culture project.org or yeah dot at the culture project.org sorry okay yeah great well great this has been awesome um i'm gonna be interested in helping uh, actually, my wife and I already are, but yeah, who knows? I was going to say. I'm sure we could do more. I'm sure we could do more, so we need to be open to that. Um, I really hope that uh, you guys are super busy for the next 100 years. Well, I don't want you to be busy, but the reality is we have these challenges that aren't going away soon. Yep. I think we all know that. So we have to, A, pray and pray for people like Claire and the 15 missionaries and, and the others that are working with you and that that diocese and, and churches, whatever the group is, would be open mm-hmm. to admitting that we can't we can't solve this problem on our own. We 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 really need help from 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 God and, and let letting allowing people like Claire and, and those people at the Culture Project uh, work as vessels for the Lord and to help turn this thing around. So one one by one, right? Step by step. Amen. Amen. So great. Yeah. Well thank you, Claire. Thanks, John. Great so, to, so glad to be here. Great to learn more about the Culture Project. Thanks for what you're doing. God bless. Yeah. Thank you, John. Thank you all. I have no idea how long that was. It's like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm.